Hello, and welcome to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We also want to invite you to attend one of our upcoming events. Our mother-son retreat on August 2nd and 3rd, and our summer college night on August 5th at 7 p.m. For more information about these events, this podcast, and for other resources, visit candygibbs.com. Well, I want to read you another passage about being veiled. And this is Exodus 34, starting in verse 29. And it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Aaron and all the people of Israel saw Moses, and behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them, and Aaron and all the leaders of the congregation returned to him, and Moses talked to them. Afterward, all of the people of Israel came near, and he commanded them all that the Lord had spoken with him, on Mount Sinai, and when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil over his face. Whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would remove the veil until he came out. And when he came out and told the people of Israel what he was commanded, the people of Israel would see the face of Moses, the skin of Moses' face was shining, and Moses would put the veil over his face again until he went in to speak with him. So we have Rebecca veiling herself when she sees her bridegroom. And then Moses, <clears throat> when he would go in to meet with the Lord, he would unveil. And when he would come out from meeting with the Lord, if he had something to share with the people that God said, he would remain unveiled until it was said, and then after that, he would veil himself again. So I want to share with you three reasons why we would ever veil, okay? And the first one is to express purity. Psalm 51.10 says this, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. So one reason that we would veil would be a demonstration of purity. The second reason that we would veil is modesty, to show modesty. 1 Peter 3, 4 says this, It should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a quiet and gentle spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. So we would veil for purity, for modesty, and then the last reason um, is submission. To show submission. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So the reasons that we would veil is to demonstrate purity, modesty, and submission. So if we are veiling ourselves in a spiritual sense, are we veiling ourselves from the bridegroom or are we veiling ourselves out of respect for what happens in our private relationship with him? 
Are you veiling yourself from the bridegroom? Or are you veiling yourself out of a respect for the intimacy that takes place in your relationship with him? I would suggest that the reason that you would veil yourself spiritually is out of respect for an intimacy that you have with the Lord. Intimacy is defined as closeness, a close friendship, or a private relationship in a secure atmosphere. When we enter into a place of close, intimate relationship with the Lord, sometimes um, there are things that happen between the two of you that is not meant for you to share with everybody. It's kind of like in your marriage. I mean, we're comparing this to a bride and a bridegroom, right? And there are things that happen with your bridegroom that you should not discuss outside of that intimate relationship. <clears throat> he sees you as pure and beautiful. It is the bridegroom that creates a pure heart in us. It is your quiet and gentle spirit, your spirit of modesty that is pleasing to him. And we are submitted to the bridegroom because we can know and trust that he has our best interest at heart and he is our protector and he is our covering. So we're not veiling ourselves from him. We're veiling ourselves to protect the intimacy that we have with him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. From this come, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we need to follow... Um, Moses' example of veiling and unveiling when entering the presence of the bridegroom. So when I go before the Lord, it is safe for me to unveil and be completely vulnerable, completely open, and just naked in a spiritual sense, right, before the Lord. I can say anything to him. I can say this makes me angry. I can say this doesn't make sense. I can say I don't like what you're doing. There is nothing that you can't say to him in an intimate place like that, completely unveiled, and you can do it safely. He can deal with and address anything that you want to present to him. When God gives us something in that intimate place to share with others, then we need to deliver that message unveiled, just like Moses did. So if I go in and I am unveiled and I am intimate with the Lord and he says, go out and share in writing, go out and share in speaking, go tell this person that I said this, I need to do it unveiled and completely vulnerable, and completely open. Because then I am a reflection, right, with my countenance even, of my intimate relationship with Jesus. 
but out of respect for the bridegroom, in every other situation, when I come out of an intimate encounter with the Lord, I should veil myself out of respect for him and as an example of purity and modesty and submission. That goes against everything in our culture that would say anything that happens to you that's awesome. Anything that the Lord says to you, you should tweet it, put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, tell everybody, ha ha, this is what God said to me, right? Think of how devalued that would make an intimate encounter with your spouse. And then all you can think about is coming out and putting it on some form or telling everybody you know about what just happened in this very intimate setting. You would not do that. But we do that often when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. There's another scripture that talks about don't cast your pearls before swine, right? There are some things that other people just aren't going to get because it isn't for them, right? It happened behind the veil and it needs to stay behind the veil unless he says, this is for you to go and share. And then in an open, confident way, I want to share it. But outside of that, because we are graceful, because we are pure, because we are modest, because we are submitted to him out of respect and honor of that relationship, every other situation that happens in intimacy between me and the Lord should then be veiled and protected. Because I understand the value of it. I remember hearing a story uh, that Beth Moore told and you, you know that she was molested um, by a family member growing up. And she's never said who the family member is. She's really not given many details about it. But in one of her videos, she talked about encountering the person who molested her as an adult. And she asked him about it. And she said, you know, you really hurt me. And he seemed like he didn't really even remember it and, you know, oh gosh, and I'm really sorry, you know, but really did not get the gravity of it at all. And she said later when she was alone with the Lord, she was like, he did not get it. And the Lord said, no, but I got it. I get it. And there are things in your life and in your intimate relationship with the Lord that nobody else is going to get. And they're not supposed to. But he gets it. And he is never going to violate you. He's never going to come out from behind that veiled intimate place and expose you. And we really do owe him that same respect and admiration to keep some of those things in an intimate place. <clears throat> Do you guys um, know, you know the story of when Solomon uh, was becoming king and the Lord said, uh, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. 
And what did Solomon ask for? I thought you were going to say that. But that's not exactly what he asked for. <clears throat> this is 1 Kings 3, 6 through 9. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept, kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out and to come in. What Solomon needed to know was to how, how to go out and how to come in. And that is what we need to know too. We need to know how to come in behind the veil into a very intimate encounter with the Lord so that he can strengthen, equip, encourage, give us marching orders, love us, so that we can go out and fulfill the purpose that he has for us. And we can fight the battles that are ahead. And we can face the giants that are in our promised land. And we have to know when to come back in. And to keep those things sacred. And to receive again. And to go out. And to come in. And it is the very same principle of learning how to veil and to unveil. And so what I hope that we began today is to feel a little bit more comfortable hearing from the romantic heart of your bridegroom. Who would, in those moments when you come in, be able to speak kindly to you, be able to give you a glimpse into your true identity, to begin to call you those things that he calls you day in and day out, but we're not always listening. And then to have encounters with him where you're able to take the bread and to say, I appreciate the price that you paid for me. I appreciate all of the things that you did. I can't put into words how thankful I am that you paid for my broken rules, you paid for my immorality, you took my embarrassment and my reprimand, you paid for my healing. But it isn't just a price, it's a bride price. And I am a bride that you value. And I am a bride that you adore and you see goodness in and you see beauty in and you see purpose in and you want to be intimate with and I accept that as my identity. And I'm going to receive this proposal and I'm going to walk like it. And I'm going to hold my head up and I'm going to veil myself when appropriate out of respect 
and honor of you because the most intimate relationship in my life should be with the king. And so, God, we just do thank you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your words over us. I thank you, God, that you did confirm some things in our hearts. I thank you, Lord, that there's absolutely nothing strange or magical about it. It is your spirit, Lord. It is your comforter. It is the friend of the bridegroom that would come to remind us that you are a groom coming back for a pure and spotless bride, and she would be us. And so, God, help us to be an extravagant display of this unspeakable kind of love and to do it with beauty and grace and appropriateness, Lord. Help us to truly become exactly who you purchase us to be. And we say we love you tonight, Lord. Thanks for listening to the Candy Gibbs Podcast. For more information and other resources, visit candygibbs.com.